I had credit, didn't have a job history. The reason why every job I've ever had, I either quit or got fired. Uh, I worked at Sonic. No, my first job was Jack in the Box. I don't know if you guys got that here. We got it down south in the Midwest. is basically a fast food restaurant. Uh, yeah, I lasted maybe about two and a half months at Jack in the Box. I got so tired of frying them tacos and burning my skin. And I'm like, this is not what I want to do with my life. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to make any money frying these tacos. And so uh, I had a, a bright idea. Okay, cool. I'm going to go work at Sonic. <laughs> so I go to Sonic. <laughs> And uh, you know, you got the road. Down south in the Midwest, you actually wear the roller skates. The ones in New Jersey, New York, they, they don't really have them. So you sit here skating, bring your that food and stuff, and you gotta dance with it. And I'm like, this feels like I'm shutting the job. I'm like, this is not for me either. This is not for me either. And so uh, I actually got fired from there. The reason why the guy fired me is because I was like, look, you know what? I have my own apartment now, you know, I got bills, I need some income, I need more hours. So I'd be on the schedule for a 40-hour week. I'd come in two, three hours into the shift. He'll say, you know. And he was doing this for weeks to the point where I can't even pay my bills. And so I'm looking like, if somebody can have that much power on you that you're even trying to work, you're trying to do it the right way, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, as they say. You're trying to work hard, and simply because maybe they don't like the way you look, the way you talk, or maybe when you come in to work, you know, you're got some Lil Wayne playing kind of loud. Lil Wayne was one of the hottest rappers at that time. And, and, and they can, you know, psychologically kind of just like abuse you. And I just, I couldn't handle that, I didn't like that. And then, uh, but I said, you know what, I don't know how to make any other money by, except for working a job. So I went and got another job. I was working at, um, this is when I moved to New Jersey, I was working at Ann Taylor Loft in the Short Hills Mall. So I'm thinking, all right, this is gonna be a lot easier. All my coworkers are women. Yeah, I like to think I'm ladies, man. I'm like, I just gotta come fresh in there and everything gonna be cool. And so, you know, I'm, I'm doing that. You know, we're selling women's dresses and, you know, keeping the, the, the bras and the, and the swimsuits nicely folded on the table. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I'm getting $12 an hour break. So, I have asthma. I've had asthma since I was 10 years old. So, at least once or twice a year, I'll have a really bad bout of asthma where I gotta be hospitalized. And so, one day, I couldn't come into work because I had, was hospitalized the night before. And so I took that day off. The next day when I came in, being that I'm recovering, my movement wasn't as good, so I'm kind of moving kind of slow and sluggish. I'm not really uh, uh, um, you know, at, at, at my highest energy level. And so I remember two weeks prior, they're like, you're a great employee, we got everything about you, you work well with all the other employees, wonderful. After this day, they called me in the next day and fired me and said I was unpacking the clothes too slow. And so I kept telling myself, there's no way you can continue to build your life and build your whole uh, empire on something that somebody can take away from you at any time, whether, whether you're doing quality work or not. And so that really kind of put more fire on me. Okay, like what do I do so that I can be more in control of my life? And I said, okay, I have to start a business. Like I'm 25 years old at this time. I'm like, I have to start a business. That's the only way. So I had the genius idea that I was going to buy ties from China for the Lolo and sell these things online for a profit. So I bought five, months. I still have some of these ties. I, I didn't sell these, so I still got them. I, got, I, I, I can wear a different tie every day for eight months. So But in the beginning, I'm like, this is gonna be a crazy idea. I'm getting these, I'm getting these ties for like 88 cents. Um, I'm buying in bulk. I can sell them for 10, 15 bucks. I have a subscription service where you pay me $20 a month and I send you two new ties every single month. At the time, I thought it was a great idea. Nobody subscribed. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, so 
I got a bedroom just full of ties. It's not working out. I'm like, man, um, okay. And that was kind of like the last kind of money that I had. So it was like, all right, what do I do now? Like, I really have to figure something out. But being that I still didn't know how to earn and generate my own income, I said, okay, I have to go get a job. So I got another job working for this staffing company that staffed weddings. So um, in Central Jersey, there's a, a restaurant called the Ryland Inn. It's where a lot of people who are wealthy have their weddings. They spend minimum 50 grand for a wedding. That's on the low side, okay? So we would be the ones to kind of like set up the uh, wedding venue, pour their wine, pour their water, bring their entrees out, all that stuff. That job or that industry made me feel racism in, in, in more of a way than I've ever felt in any job in my life. Because you gotta, you know, keep your thing whatever, you gotta keep your hand on your back, pour your water, you gotta nod and bite, and it's like, that's, it was so demeaning to me. And then for the simple fact that some of the guests would treat you a certain way if you didn't fill their wine up. And I'm sitting here thinking like, I'm an African king, this is not, this is not the way I'm supposed to be treated as a man, period. And so that was when I was like, all right, I can't do this type of stuff anymore. And so, um, that, oh, so going back, uh, no, I'm sorry. So going forward, so after I met Jay, that meeting that we had in my house, nothing really came of it because I wasn't able to actually fulfill what was needed to get a typical mortgage. In that sense, it was kind of like, hey, just thank you for your, for your time. I appreciate it. You parted ways. I went my own way. So uh, three years later, I left Jersey and went back home because, you know, usually when you jump out to a space that you're not really familiar with, and if everything goes bad, they always say, if you have an opportunity to leave where you're born and raised, leave. Because if things don't go right, you can always come back home. So at this particular time, I was like, you know, it's time for me to just go back home, kind of just put my mind back together, reconfigure my plan, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm back home, I'm in my mom's house, I'm watching TV, NBC's open house, and I see this guy come on the TV showing athletes and entertainers multi-million dollar houses, and it says his name is Jay Morrison. That's so what I'm like, hold on. But this time he's cleaned up. He's got three pieces. I'm like, this is this the same guy? I'm like, I'm looking at him like, is this the same guy? And then, but every property he was showing people was in New Jersey. So I'm like, that's him. And so I'm thinking from when I first saw him three years earlier, and he was just a regular realtor, and now he's on a nationally syndicated TV show where I'm in another state halfway across the country. And so I said, all right, let me find out what he has going on. So I Googled him. I see he has something called the Jay Morrison Academy going on. So I'm like, all right, I joined the academy. Um, the residential course was all that was available then. That was 2014. So it just went over like how to, how, how to generate your leads, how to find wholesale deals, how to uh, contract those deals, how to negotiate them, um, you know, how to assign the contracts, et cetera. So I moved back to New Jersey. Uh, I had even less money when I came back to New Jersey than I had when I left. And so I couldn't even get my own apartment. So I had to rent out an attic. I was renting out an attic in, a, um, in somebody's house in Irvington, New Jersey for $125 a week. I had no furniture, I had no TV, all I had was a couch in there that belonged to the guy who uh, was renting me the attic, he just let me have it. Didn't even have a bed. When it was time for me to go to sleep, I'll take the cushions off the, off the couch, put them on the floor, cover with the bed sheet, and that was my bed. And so one thing that he did give me was that he had a wife, he had Wi-Fi in the house, and it was free Wi-Fi. And so he said, Here's the password, internet's included. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm in this attic all day, all night, watching Jay's YouTube videos, and I joined the academy later when I got some extra bread in my pocket. It was $99 a month, 
and I was watching these things religiously. Every single day I'm watching them, watching the videos over and over and over and over and over again, trying to really soak up the knowledge and get it so that I, it, it's, it's planted in my brain. And so one thing that I think a lot of people make mistakes with is that we're so information hungry. People will read books and read books and read books, but not actually go out and practice the information that you just read. And so you get all this knowledge, but you're not using it. So it's just like you shouldn't even have it then. And so what I was making a habit of doing was that when I would learn something, I would go out and try it. So if he said do direct mail campaigns or do bandit signs or whatever, I would actually go out and do it. I didn't wait for the entire course to be over because I was just in such a desperate situation. And then not, not even to mention that I didn't have bed bugs in it. So I'm waking up, I'm getting bit, and I'm like, yo, I really got to get out of here. Like, I, I cannot be here that long. You know, and so um, what I would do is just try to find deals. I did the direct mail. Um, Bandit signs is where I really had the majority of my success in the beginning. There's a street in East Orange, New Jersey called Freeway Drive East. It's really, really busy. And so what I did was I stuck bandit signs there. And so it's just a lot of traffic there. And so I would get calls. I would get calls from my bandit signs, and then I'd go out to their houses and Analyze them just the way Jay said. He said, go on Craigslist and find a contractor. Tell them that you're a wholesaler and that you need them to provide quotes. If they provide you a quote and you should happen to close on that deal, you'll give them a piece. So I, I, I sent that proposition to a ton of contractors. A lot of them told me no. One guy told me yes. So he was the one that would come and give me these quotes. And so this one lady that she had bought a house in East Orange in 1992 with, with, with her husband. She was a Spanish woman. Her husband died in 97, but his name was still on the deed. She never took his name off the deed. So going forward, now it's 2014. Uh, she has a daughter that's like 16 years old, uh, and she wants to move. There's just so much bad memories um, attached to the house. The house is in terrible condition. She's just like, I should sell this thing. So I go over there, look around, and just told her, look, I need 25 grand. And she said, see, see, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I said, okay, cool, I'm like, great, this, this is amazing. So we got it on the contract, I assigned it to the actual contractor that came with me. Because he was like, this is a, such a good deal, I would buy it if the numbers are right. So I told him, I'm like, yo, she said she sells me for 25 grand. He said, I'll take it. So my first deal, I actually wholesaled to my contractor, who I was just gonna give him a couple hundred bucks for giving me the actual quote. So I ended up wholesaling it, it, it to him. I didn't make a lot of money on that deal. I made 750 bucks, that was my first assignment deal. But it was enough to where I was able to like, number one, pay my rent for that attic, or I'd be able to buy food, because at this time I had a George Foreman grill, and I was buying bread, salami, and cheese. And that was what I was eating, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because I had to really squeeze the money that, that I had. I wasn't eating at any restaurants. Uh, I used to go and buy the 24 packs of water for $1.99, get like four of them things, now I got water for days. You know, like I wasn't. I, I was really, 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 really trying to watch every single penny that I had. It's like I can't come back out here and end up going back home to mom's house. You know, and so I was. I was just really trying to get everything together. So the second deal also came from the bandit signs. That was in Irvington, New Jersey. It was in the same town where I was actually living. That deal, I made 1500 bucks. So I, I started to learn the process. I was like, okay, I'm not really hitting them over the head yet. I'm not really, you know, making 30, 40, and 50 grand, but I'm understanding the process because I'm closing deals. You know, and so I was watching another video uh, that Jay had, a free video Jay put on YouTube when uh, he had um, a friend named David Lawrence, who's an architect in Alpine, New Jersey, that uh, designed and built a $10 million French chateau house in New Jersey. And Jay was the listing agent for it. And Jay always said, if you want to make more money, you just have to 
focus on and target bigger deals. The same amount of work that you'll put into selling a $100,000 house is the same type of work and effort that you'll put into trying to sell a $5 million house. The only thing that's different is that there's more zeros on the contract. And so I was like, all right, if I want to make some bigger money, I gotta go to where there's bigger deals or better spreads. And so I was like, all right, Jay, you want something to Alpine? I'm gonna go to Alpine. And so I go, I go online trying to find what I can find, and it's almost impossible because the cheapest property in Alpine, New Jersey is like $2 million. So it's not the ideal wholesale property at all. But I did find a two-family on Closter Dock Road for $735,000. It was in real bad condition, but it was occupied. It was an older gentleman on one side and two sisters on the other. And the guy was asking $735,000 for it. And I, I thought that was extremely low. And so I was like, all right, this could be an opportunity. So, you know, I go, I go over, see, see the property, bring the contractor with me, we get a little estimate. I tell him, hey, you know, for $635,000, we can do this. He said, okay, sure. We signed the contract, everything is great. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make 40 or 50 grand. If I assign this thing for 675 or 680, I can get like 40 grand. Doing the same thing I was just doing in East Storms and in Arlington. And so the buyer that I had in mind for that was a, a developer out of New Jersey named um, the, the year prior, he had just built a 180-unit apartment complex in Bergenfield, New Jersey. And he, he, um, he always complained that that project, even though he made a lot of money off it, it, it tied up so much of his money and so much of his time for so long that he wanted smaller projects that he could use that money from the kind of getting these quick flips. And so I'm like, all right, this would be perfect for him. Described the deal to him in email. I said, hey, meet me at the property. I'll show it to you. Uh, a couple days later, he meets me there. Now, in my mind, I'm like, this is a great deal. I got this property in the contract for 635 grand. There's nothing in this town less for two million. I have a diamond in the rough, like this is perfect. He drives up, gets out the car. First thing he says, this is a piece of shit. And I'm thinking to myself, like, like what do you mean? Like, I couldn't understand. I was like, what do you mean? This is like 100, this is almost 1.2 million dollars cheaper than anything in this town. And then even being at New York, I believe Yonkers, you can see Yonkers from Alpine. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, hey man, if you fix this up, you could rent each unit out for $5,000 a month. So I couldn't understand why he didn't like it, but I was like, but I mean, do you still want to see it? Like, he's like, I don't mind. So we just go through the motion and show it to him. He ends up not buying it. So I'm driving home trying to figure out, like, what did I do wrong on that particular deal? And then I was going through a neighborhood called Inglewood Cliffs, which is right next to Alpine. It's another upscale neighborhood. I was just passing through there to get to the turnpike. So as I'm passing through a neighborhood, I see this huge wall and this really big house. The house is vacant, no windows. Some of the roof tiles are on the lawn. It looks like a haunted house. So I'm like, all right, that's kind of strange. So I pull over, write down the address. I look at it, I'm like, this house looks like it's abandoned. Like, there's nobody here. And so um, I, I took the address. Um, New Jersey used to, well, they just canceled this like a month ago. New Jersey's public records, you used to be able to look up the tax records of anybody who owns property. You get their name, the address where they actually live, and if they ever own it. And if the address of any other property they own in New Jersey as well. So all you need is the address. And so I put that address in at that time, got the guy's name. Uh, his, his, his home address was in Tenafly, New Jersey. So I wrote him a letter. Um, I didn't hear anything back for about a month and a half. I get a random call from him. He says, hey, how you doing, Tosin? I just got your letter in the mail. I was out of the country. He starts to tell me a story. Like, I'm from Switzerland. 
Uh, I moved here, I bought that house the year before for $3.2 million, it was moving ready. He's like, we demoed the property because I wanted to build it custom for my kids. He said, my kids, they were here for six months, they said they don't like America, they want to go back to Switzerland. After he did the demo, in my mind, I'm thinking, you have the most ungrateful children. <laughs> like, whether you like America or not, we saying. Like, I just spent $3.2 on this, we ain't going nowhere. So, so he's basically saying that, you know, he has no use for the property anymore. And so I'm like, all right, that's great that you paid $3.2 million for it nine months ago, but it's not worth $3.2 anymore. Like, it's just not worth that much. And he's like, yeah, I, I know, I understand I'm going to take a loss. So you're going to take a huge loss. So we ended up getting under contract for $1.1 million less than when we paid for it. He liked that one, and I signed that to him for a five-figure fee. And that was when I really knew that, oh my God, like, I just need to focus on bigger deals. And so I sent in a testimonial video to the J. Motion Academy customer service um, email. Not sure if they were going to see it or not. I had no idea. But I just sent it in hoping somebody would see it. It was basically a video saying, hey, everything that I learned in the academy, like, thank you, this stuff works. I showed the contract. I just got this property on the contract for $2.4 million. I'm about to wholesale for X, X amount of money. And um, you know, I sent that in. And then I got a call from Chris Darden, uh, who was Chris was VP of something, I can't remember. But uh, Chris Darden called me back, and then um, I got on the phone with Jay like a day later, and they basically said, we want you to intern for the companies that you can show other people who are coming from your situation that wholesaling actually is a real thing that actually works, and that you actually can make a year's worth of salary off of one deal. And so I started working as an intern, and really just kind of started, uh, I think that's when I met Brandon, and, and just started meeting everybody that was in the company and just trying to figure out where my value could be. Um, about a year and a half into it, I found out that I had a, a gift for like expanding our, 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 our audience. So, you know, we, we, we have a core audience, with, which is black people. We love black people. They're our core audience. But there's also other audiences that also can, I guess, uh, benefit from what we teach and what we uh, try to exude. And so it'll be my job to kind of try to tap into them or just tap into other audiences that are still black people but don't really know about us. And so um, uh, we were looking at uh, we were looking at um, a couple developers that were in Panama and Central America that were building a, a $55 million, 549 unit resort that was gonna target Americans that were looking to buy property in Central America for investment uh, purposes. So I reached out to them and basically said, hey, you know, this could be something that we wanna be a part of, but you know, before we kind of jump on and put our name and help you guys sell these things and brand it, we need to actually see what we're getting into. And so they're like, all right, well, you guys can come on down. I said, yeah, that was my next thing that I was going to say, but you guys are going to pay for everything. Y'all going to pay for the flight, the hotel, the tour, everything. And so um, we went down there and basically previewed this $55 million development. And um, after our analysis, we, we just felt like it wouldn't be the best uh, thing to align ourselves with, so it didn't work out. But um, as far as my role in the company now, I'm vice president of business development, so I really just try to reach out to other brands, other companies around the country that are in line with what we do and what we want to grow to and kind of just connect those dots. So um, has anybody has, has anybody here heard of DJ Black? Yeah. Oh, that's what I heard of about Jake. Exactly. So I'm responsible for the DJ Black energy. So I, I'll reach out to different bloggers, bloggers, people like that and connect those dots so that Jake can get up there and do his thing and do what he does best and just speak to the people, teach the people. And so I'm just kind of behind the scenes and just trying to be uh, a good asset to what we have going on 
And uh, I, I'd love for, for you all to be a part of it, for us to work together and be able to teach each other and help each other as well. So that's all I got. You know the yeah, Ken, yeah. Ken was, uh, yeah. I seen your video. Yeah, you made a nice two, two, two something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, he's talking about, I went to Kane University in Union, New Jersey. And so, um, I'm just really, really active in Essex and Bergen County. And so, uh, possibly they, they're about me here and there. So, that's all I got. Thank you guys for paying attention. <laughs>